recent profile, uh, General Milley raised the possibility that he thought if Trump was reelected, he would throw his opponents in jail. He said that he would be at the top of the list. Do you think that that's a real concern? And are you concerned that you could be on Trump's enemies list? Well, sure. Uh, I think there are probably uh, a lot of people uh, that are potentially uh, on such a list. Uh, and uh, again, that's uh, that's reprehensible. Uh, I, I think General Milley's comment was he didn't think Gen uh, President Trump would uh, be reelected. Well, I'm not so sure about that. So yeah, that's a that's a real concern for uh, for many of us. Oh, and all the nonsense just continues to grow. Yeah, it's amazing. We are what, we're over a year out. I mean, 13 months out, a little over 13 months from Election Day. And now they're already starting to starting with the fear porn. Trump's going to start throwing Democrats in prison. Anybody he deems to be an enemy is going to get sent to prison because that's what he did the first time, right? <laughs> uh, I, what I think the problem is here is that in every national poll that you look at, except for one that came out by ABC. Trump is winning against Biden in a theoretical matchup if those are the two that are going into the 2024 election if they happen to uh, be head-to-head -head again. So Trump's beating him by plus five on any given poll. Now, I'm not. that's within the margin of error for sure. And polls are only as good as their samples. And we've seen how great their samples have been over the last few election cycles you know, where we were supposed to mop the floor with people and didn't turn out that way. Uh, but as of right now, you know, they see that they are losing ground steadily. I mean, you're starting to see a lot of panic on the left. Um, and we talk about this every election cycle. This one feels a little different because I mean, they, when I'm telling you, they are doing everything possible. They are doing everything possible. Yeah, they are going after him legally, personally, they're, they're doing everything they can. The attacks are nonstop. He's getting attacked from. Not just the left, he's getting attacked from a lot of people on the right that don't really care for him much anymore as they did the first time, and he definitely has a fight on his hands. Um, I know that the Democrats are freaking out and Trump's in the lead, but it's never a slam dunk. It's never that easy. You know, you got to put in the work. People got to get out and vote. It's more important than ever. I mean, you see what the economy's like. You see what our nation's like right now. It's complete chaos. Uh, streets are not safe. I mean, I mean, it's a disaster. I have a couple different things that all kind of link together today. Uh, but going with the latest poll, 86% uh, of Republicans back Trump, while 80% back Joe Biden. Independents back Trump in a 42 to 34 split, with 24% saying that they are undecided. <clears throat> I don't know how you haven't chosen a side yet unless you really are not paying attention or you live somewhere that... Uh, has not been impacted by, by policies, which I really find that hard to believe that that happened to anybody, uh, that you're not being impacted in some way. I mean, inflation, if nothing else gets to you, inflation has to get to you. If nothing else happens. Uh, I mean, I know that, is it possible that some people in small town, rural America, where, you know, they're very conservative and, you know, they're just going about their day-to-day -day life and, that they feel minimal impact on the inflation part of it. I mean, it's possible. Look at the uh, Great Depression. During the Great Depression, the people that felt it the most were in the big cities. The farmers and the smaller community communities didn't feel it as much as the people in the big cities did. So, I mean, there, there's always that possibility. But, I mean, me just looking at it, I just find it hard to believe that you don't feel the pressure. You don't feel the pain. I 
I'm real. I would really struggle to believe that you don't feel Joe Biden's policies in some way or another. I really do. Um, and I mean, yeah, I would be surprised. Uh, so Trump, by Trump doesn't. It, this ain't a slam dunk. We got to do it, and I hope that people are paying attention. I hope that you 24% that are undecided, yeah, I really th- I really hope you take a look at things the way they are. Don't look at things as a popularity contest. I don't. Who cares how popular somebody is? You have to look at things for numbers. Was your life better under a particular person's policies? Regardless of what you think of their tweets or their personal life or anything of that was your life better? And there, there is no other answer you could possibly give me than yes, it was better under Donald Trump. There's none. You know, the border was secure. Inflation was down. Gas was cheap. People had extra money in their pockets. The stock market was doing great. So a lot of people that were working towards retirement were making a lot of money, you know, building up a nice little nest egg for the day that they finally can sit back and relax uh, yeah, uh, geopolitically, we were doing great. You know, I mean, there, we didn't have the problems we have. Little Rocket Man wasn't firing off. We didn't have Russia invading Ukraine. We didn't have China coming over here trying to uh, measure items with us. I mean, it's we were so much better under Trump. The only thing that most people didn't like is the way the guy talked or tweeted. That's it. So you voted against him just because you don't like him as a person, but you didn't think about the policies. See, you you thought you liked Joe Biden as a person. But if you really know who Joe Biden is, you probably would like him less than Trump. Because I can tell you he's more of a scumbag than Trump is. I, it ain't hard to see that. And then on top of him being more of a scumbag than Trump, look at his policies. His policies are murdering you daily. You're paying for it daily. I mean, uh, I saw an article. This is where I was saying it all kind of ties in. Because Democratic cities right now are run the way they're run, uh, they're lawless. I mean, they're just, I, I don't know how you live in them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you live in a place like California and a place like New York and Minnesota and, and New Jersey and, and all, your, all your real deep blue states because we're at a point where they are lawless. Uh, and just one piece of that, one tiny piece of that is if you've been paying attention to the news at all, you see that a lot of retailers are shutting down and moving out of these cities because of the theft problem. And the reason that theft is a problem, again, is because they're lawless. They're, they're getting to a point where criminals are not being punished for the crimes that they are committing. They don't care. You know, it's, it used to be petty theft. I forget what the dollar figure was. It was like petty theft is anything under 300 bucks or 500 bucks, whatever it is. And then it changed. And in these blue states, now it's, you know, it's uh, petty theft up to 1,000 or more. So you're having people go in there and they know the cops aren't coming to get them. They're smashing windows and they're grabbing whatever they want. Well, listen to this and it'll, it'll explain, you know, one tiny little piece to the puzzle of why our economy is where it is right now. Retail theft, it has been plaguing businesses across this country and especially in Democrat-led cities. And a stunning new report is now showing just how bad that situation is getting. According to the National Retail Security Survey, retail crime accounted for over $112 billion in industry losses just last year. That's a jump from $94 billion in 2021. Let's bring in Kevin O'Leary now, chairman of O'Leary Ventures. I'm trying to digest this number. I mean, that is, that is stunning. 
What is happening? And can our economy even go on like that? No, it's, it's not sustainable because if you look at businesses, let's take sectors like grocery. Grocery margins are 3 to 5 percent. Mm -hmm. When shrinkage used to be 1.5 to 2 percent, they would suffer that, but they could still have a profitable grocery store. Today, when shrinkage is over 5 percent, sometimes 6 and 7, and depending on the geography you're talking about, it's completely unprofitable. That's why in places like San Francisco, which is probably the case study for this whole situation, Everybody's pulling out. The grocery stores are pulling out. The hotels are pulling out. Convention centers are shut down. There's nobody there. It's not safe to walk at night. The place has become a war zone. I don't think it's really politics anymore. I think it's bad policy. That's really what's happened here. And it's not sustainable. I mean, I'm just looking through the report. And while retailers have taken some drastic steps to try to prevent things like this happening, and by the way, these are some of the drastic inc incidents of, of, of retail theft. But this is happening every day while, you know, your big department stores are open and people are just just walking out with stuff, stuffing yeah. in their purse, stuffing big bags and walking out. I mean, we see that happening every day. They're taking a lot of measures to prevent this and to address it, um, but that costs a lot of money. And guess who that's passed down to? The paying customers, ultimately. Um, so retailers are reporting that they're forced to close specific store locations. A third of them report that. Um, some of them have decided to reduce operating hours, 45% of them, or reduce or alter in-store product selection, 30% guess what? We'll just take the expensive stuff off the shelf or well, put it in a case. It's worse than that because I have investments in almost 40 companies now, the 40th about to close. Uh, we sell a lot in big box retailers. Here's what you don't know about this problem. Let's say you're selling a high price electronic item or even a padlock. It used to hang off the shelf where customers could touch it, feel it, read the back of the package, read the front of the package. Today it's, it's now displayed in what's called under glass. You can't touch it. You see this happening all over the place with razor blades, for example. When you put an item under glass, you lose up to 30% of the sales because the experience at retail of touching a product before you buy it is gone. This is killing us for small business. So it's, it's a side derivative of the fact that theft and shrinkage, as it's called, is up so much. But again, it's policy. If people steal things and you tell them you're not going to ever be prosecuted or even pursued, of course they're going to steal stuff. And that's exactly what's happened. This is not brain surgery. This is just really bad policy. So I agree with his statement and I disagree with the statement at the same time. I do think it's political. And I also believe that it's bad policy, but I do think it is very political. There's a certain agenda that's been being pushed for many, many years now. We all know what that is. We all know that they're pushing for control. You know, they want to model China. And you have to tear a society down to gain complete control of it. So that's where I think it's intentional what they're doing. Uh, the, this is only happening in blue cities. The, the ones that are pushing this model that they want the United States to be. Uh, it's not happening in red states. You don't have that here. I don't see that problem here. We don't have things behind glass here. You can walk into a store, get whatever you want. You know, all the high-priced items. At least, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm not. we're not as safe as other places, but at least here in the state of Florida, pretty much anything that was, the only things that were locked up is if you went to go get like a game console, you know, or something that was three or four or $500, it's locked under in glass there where you can't get to it. You know, I think most people, if you're coming to buy that, you know, you don't need to hold it in your hand and look at it. You're just going to buy it. What he's talking about is if you've seen some of the footage of like Target and places like that, you kind of walk through the aisles and there's glass between you and the product. 
and it's like you're window shopping in the store. And then you get an associate to help you. Could you give me that in this size so I could try it on? You're not browsing like we do here where you, you look at it, you take it off the shelf, you, you look, put it on your body, and uh, maybe this will look nice, or oh, I don't know about this color. Can I put these two pieces together? The only reason I know so much is because of my wife because i got to shop with her. And as far as me, uh, I think i got like five T-shirts and four pair of shorts, a pair of sandals, and a pair of sneakers. That's the kind of person I <laughs> I, I have nothing. Well, and one of the reasons I don't have much is because of uh, my size. He's large. Large. <laughs> Popeye, gotta love it. Uh, yeah, because of my size. If you are not large, uh, you probably don't understand my problem, but uh, large men clothes are not cheap. I'm going to tell you, I can promise you that. And large men clothes are not in your normal clothes stores. You have to go to the fat boy store with the gigantic door in the front, which makes you feel really good when you walk inside. You're walking up to the door, and the door is twice the size of a regular door, and you're going, my God, I know I'm a big dude, but my, how big do you got to be that they got to make a door that size? Because I'm a big guy, and I mean, I feel like a midget going in there with that size door. But, hey. I mean, it's for big guys. Yeah, so you walk in that store, man, and they're just smiling. You know, you you could just start to feel the pain in your pocket already. Because a, a T-shirt, you know, is, is $50. I, I don't know about you, but I ain't trying to buy a $50 T-shirt. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's beyond stupid. Okay, so uh, that's why I have like four or five shirts and four or five shorts. Then I call it a day because uh, when I had them, I've had them a long time, and uh, I, you can call me cheap, you can call me frugal. I just think spending $50 on a shirt is stupid. No, I mean, so I go in there, I buy, buy a pair of T-shirt, uh, buy a T-shirt and a pair of shorts, and I'm $100 deep? Oh, no. Hell no. No, it should not be that way. I mean, it's, it's definitely part, partly my fault because, again, I am large. <laughs> so I know, I know it's partly my fault. Um but going back to it, I don't have the problems that other people have. I'm not trying to match up outfits. You could do that down here without a problem. Uh, I don't even see how women shop. Like when I go on my wife, you know, she's got a, she's looking at her dresses and her skirts and she wants a top with it. And she's got to find something that matches and she wants to see the colors together. Cause you know, women are very picky. They got to have what they got to have. So uh, I, I mean, I don't have that issue, but I can't even imagine what it must be like shopping in these blue cities when you're, you're looking through bulletproof glass because you want to buy a, a $20 shirt at Target. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, it, the, 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 the intentional destruction of society through bad policy from bad people playing political games. That's where me and him differ on our opinion on this. That's where, that's where I see it at anyways. Um, Maybe he doesn't. I mean, I, I was stunned by the $112 billion worth of theft. I mean, that's insane. That's insane, insane amount of stealing. My God, people. I mean, if you can't buy it, don't have, don't get it. They steal it. You, you mean, well, I mean, in the blue cities, you're not risking anything like you said. So what's, what's the incentive not to steal? Because if you steal, they're not coming for you anyways. But uh, I mean, back yeah, when I was younger, man, I remember when they picked up one owner rider for, 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 uh, uh, shoplifting and I was dying laughing I'm like are you serious this girl shoplifting as much money as she has like come on man <laughs> come on uh, I mean if you can't buy it don't buy it it's too expensive don't buy it 
you know, live right. You know, it, it's just stupid anyways, but democratic cities, there is no incentive to behave yourself or follow the rule of law because they have made it so. So we differ on that, but $112 billion is a lot of money. Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis is getting some bad news when it comes to Trump. You know, I said that this was all kind of tied into the beginning where they're trying to say that Trump's uh, going to politically go after all of his enemies and put him in jail, which is all bullcrap. Fannie Willis is facing some of her own problems. Um, there's a lot going on. There's another hearing Friday for Meadows uh, trying to still get his his case moved to the federal court because he was working in the office of the White House at the time. He's working for the White House at the time. So this would be a federal crime, not a state crime. And he feels that he's being charged unfairly. He knows that he has a better shot in a federal crime. Not to mention, once one gets it, you know, it kind of sets precedent for everybody else. Everything that Trump did was in the White House. So this should all be federal on Trump as well. You know, we, it should get moved out of there and Fannie won't be able to have her day. I mean, uh, what she got is all she's going to get. You got the, you know, the, the appetizer, but you're not making it to the main course. She looks like she's being plagued with problems right now because Meadows got the hearing on Friday via Zoom to see if they will move it to a federal court. Uh, he definitely has a leg to stand on. You never can tell what a judge is going to do, uh, but his legal argument uh, is a good one. And, and I think that uh, he, there's a good chance that he could potentially get it moved. And if he does, that's going to really screw things up for Fannie. Not to mention you got Sidney Powell and one other defendant that are requesting a speedy trial versus a lengthy trial. Trump wants to drag it out. They want to go fast. They're, they're trying to hit her. That right now, they're uh, flooding her with her own set of problems. Like, you want to come after 19 of us? Okay, we're all going to go after you in 19 different directions, and let's see if you can keep up. You know, because it's a bullcrap charge anyways. So we might as well hit her as hard as we can. So they're coming, and they're using every angle, legal angle possible to hit back at her. Trump wants a lengthy process. Sidney Powell and another defendant want a speedy trial. You got people trying to move to federal court. I mean, there is a lot going on there right now, um, and it's not looking good for her. Uh, she can't do everything at one time. There's too much. You got uh, 40, what is it, 41 counts, 19 people, plus all the witnesses. I mean, there is a lot there. And I don't think that she's capable of handling it as much as she'd like to pretend that she is capable because of a past case that she did. I don't think she's capable of handling it. And uh, ultimately, if a few things don't go her way, I think you're going to just pull uh, the wool right out from under her. Uh, pull the rug right out from under her. I think she's she's done. If anything gets moved to a federal court, oh, it's over. Now you Now you set precedent. Now if you get that, Trump's definitely going after that. And they'll stand with the same argument that Meadows had. And then if Trump gets it moved to federal court, yeah, that's it. It's you're, it's game over for her. Because once he's in federal court, he'll get a better, he'll get a realistic shake at the trial. You know, I think her her case is crap. I think the the uh, counts, the charges she put on him are crap. I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere, anyways. Uh, but it would be one less that Trump has to worry about. He can move to a federal court, and that'll get dismissed quickly. Not to mention, you put it in a federal court. The time it would take for them to get to Trump in the federal court is going to probably push you into election deep into election season, season or potentially after the next election. In which case, if he is president, he's at a federal level. He for sure, we know, can pardon himself there. There has been some debate that goes back and forth on whether or not he could do it at the state level. But we know for certain that he could pardon himself on a federal level. So that's kind of where 
everybody's watching and waiting to see. I am curious what's going to happen Friday and see if they give him any play there and if he's allowed to do it. Um, this next one, I you know, I, I'm just going to – we're going to plow through this one. I got one more uh, audio clip for you to hear. Uh, there's this trend that's going around that uh, I guess asking men, do you think about Rome every day? Um, and I guess it's become a thing. You know, I don't, I, I'm not a trendy person. My daughter walked up to me and goes, dad, do you think about Rome? And I was like, yeah. She's like every day. And I was like, uh, yeah, kinda. And she's like, really? I'm like, why, why are you even asking me that? It's such a weird question to ask me. And she's like, no, no, there's this trend going around to say all men think about Rome. And I'm like, okay. But do they say why? And she goes, no. And I said, well, I, I think about Rome specifically because I think about the, the, how their empire uh, fell. And I look at past, I look at the history in the past and I see what's happening now and I link the two together. So it, it's fresh on my mind constantly because their downfall is the, we are on the same path for it to be our downfall. So I found a, uh, there was an audio clip that I heard that I liked. This old country boy sitting there with no shirt on. He's got a beard that Kind of, kind of, I could see myself doing that. You know, he's a little straggly at the bottom like I am. My beard gets a little straggly at the bottom. I don't, I'm not one of those guys with a real thick beard. That's because I'm bald. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a lot of hair anywhere. To be honest with you, I got about 13 chest hairs and that's, I don't, obviously don't shave. Uh, I don't shave. I don't pluck my eyebrows. I don't do any of that uh, uh, fruity stuff. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't have a real thick beard because I don't got any hair. Uh, but uh, interesting the way he put it, and I think of it in a different way, but this makes perfect sense, and I thought it was definitely worth listening to him because, you know, everybody absorbs messages differently and depends on how you say it, and this may hit people a lot better or easier than the way I say it because he lays it out pretty good. So here it is. Do you ever think about the Roman Empire? All the time. Why? What are you thinking about it? Well, because we're in those times right now. Everybody's preoccupied with sports, movies, work, you know. What was it you said about bread? Well, all right, the common people, Roman Empire said that everybody was equal, everybody had a chance. Uh But it wasn't. The rich got richer and the poor got poor. And they worried constantly about people rioting. Uh Because they knew that the common man, the common people, Uh could take over at any time. So they would bring them into the Colosseums, and they would give them free grain, they would give them bread, they would give them wine, whatever they needed to fill their bellies and block their minds from what they were angry about. They would watch plays, they would watch fights with the gladiators, sometimes for months on end. And that's where we're at right now, and I think about it all the time. Because so many people are preoccupied with their favorite football team, their favorite actor, actress, singer, and they they just don't even think about what's being taken away from them. As long as their bellies are full and they're happy with what's going on, they just let it continue. Pretty good way to put it. Definitely different than than what I say. I just say people are preoccupied with you know, their lives and what they got going on and they don't pay attention to politics. And he lays it out a little bit differently. And I kind of like the way that he lays it out. You know, he just, he just tells you what it is. You know, people are so preoccupied with everyday life and silly things that all these politicians are working behind the scenes and they're getting away with everything because you're not paying attention. 
and and I like I like the way he laid it down. You know, everybody has a different look on things. Everybody could say something in a different way, and it just depends on the person. You know, so I could say something till I'm blue in the face, and the way I say it doesn't hit. And somebody else says exactly what I say. They just say it differently than I say it. Uh, but the same at, at the end, it's we mean that we are talking about the same exact thing, and it's like lightning goes off, and the person's like, "Wow, man, that blew me away. I got it." You know, so I figured I'd play it because it's it's important. This whole Rome Empire thing, the trendy thing, is kind of, is stupid to me. Uh, I, I think that uh, people that know history and have studied any type of history. The reason that you think about it is because you're constantly comparing the two because you saw the downfall of Rome and we're seeing the downfall of the United States right now. It's just if enough of us can scream loud enough to get enough people to pay attention to prevent it. Because, see, anybody that studies already knows what's coming. So we can at least warn you. Back then, I don't think anybody knew what was coming. It was just the downfall. See, now we actually have something we've studied and we've learned from. And now we see all the warning signs and we're able to throw up the red flags and start yelling and screaming and jumping from the top of, uh, of a rock, hollering at people, hey, yeah, yeah, we got to stop. And uh, you know, we're trying our best to prevent it from happening again, from history repeating itself, because the world's a weird place. It does that. History likes to uh, repeat itself. So that's all I really had to say on the Rome thing. I hope that that hits you better than the way I say it. You know, I always... Uh, yeah, the whole point here is to get information across to people. It's not that I need to be the number one guru. Oh, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. Only what I say. No, negative on that. <laughs> I've never been like that. If he says it better and it makes sense to you, listen to that man. All right. I hope you like what you're hearing. You do tell some people about me. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me, go to one of my social media sites, uh, or social media handles, sorry, uh, and uh, send me a message and I will respond. Uh, otherwise, I hope you have a beautiful Wednesday and we will do it again tomorrow.